Hi everyone, I'm Maggie from Families in Trauma and today I've been discussing the subject of trauma and recovery, especially some of the really thought-provoking methods that have been introduced in Scotland recently in conjunction with the Scottish Violence Reduction Unit based in Glasgow. Now John McCormack is a consultant who works along with the unit and he shared in a fascinating discussion with me to help us to understand exactly what they're trying to do and hopefully we can all learn something from this. Um, Let's have a wee listen. Okay, so today we're just doing a little discussion with John McCormack. And John does a lot of consulting to various different organisations. And I met John because he lives in our local village. um, And we had a little discussion about trauma and all the various different things, how it affects families. And I was really struck by the work that he did. So we've decided to get him on here for a wee podcast and I'll let him tell you a little bit more about himself, first of all. Well, thanks, Maggie, for uh, inviting me to do this. I feel really privileged to do it. Um, a, a brief bit about me. Uh, I used to be an engineer. I trained as an engineer. And at some point uh, during that career, I ended up going for counselling and I got part of, took part in group work myself. And it fascinated me a thousand times more than engineering ever did. So it led me on a path to change careers. So I studied psychology, I studied psychotherapy, counselling, addiction, all the usual stuff. And um, I got my first job with the Rough Sleepers Initiative. With um, It was with Glasgow Council on Alcohol. So I'd suddenly gone from engineering to working in homelessness and addiction. Um, and as I got to know people and built relationships with them, I discovered to my surprise that 100% of them had been traumatized and they were telling me stories about sexual violence from an early age, physical violence, neglect, abuse, torture, you name it, it had happened to people. Um, And what was particularly surprising about that was that the textbooks at the time didn't mention trauma and the the training in in counseling and addiction didn't mention trauma. And yet it was the number one thing that was driving people into homelessness and driving them to drink and drugs. Uh, And that was the missing bit of the jigsaw for me. So that that has fascinated me from the 1980s right up to the present moment. That fascination is not going to go away. And And I feel a real passionate drive to be contributing and even in a small way to something that helps change the culture around trauma. Yeah, that's lovely, John. And and it's good because you're coming from a personal point of view. You've, yeah. you've had experience, you've done some counselling and, you know, you're taking some personal experience along with that, which is yeah. becoming recognised as really valuable, isn't it? Um, so you're doing a lot of work at the moment along with the Violence Reduction Unit. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about what, what you're trying to achieve there with the unit? Well, um, the work I'm doing with the Violence Reduction Unit had its origins going back to the homeless scene. I ended up getting involved in training and and I was delivering a lot of training around trauma. And uh, I I, I actually gained a lot of experience doing that and ended up working in prisons and homeless units. and And that connected me in some way to the Violence Reduction Unit. And so when COVID-19 hit, 
Um, well, actually, when, before COVID-19 hit, I'd started doing some work with a violence reduction unit in Dumfries Prison. And the idea was to train up prison officers and prisoners themselves to be peer educators or peer trainers, if you will. And they were, they were, the plan was that they were going to deliver a bunch of kind of trauma-focused training to each other and transform life in the prison. Then COVID-19 hit, so that came to a, a stunning halt, and we're trying to get it up and running in Zoom. But as you may know, it's difficult to get access to computers and laptops in a jail, and it's difficult to run things online in a jail. So that's slightly on hold, but we'll get that going again. And then in the meantime... COVID-19 has now come in and we're all in lockdown. So um, we got, we were aware that there was a demand from workers um, and we happened to pick the north of Glasgow and Postle and Springburn. And we were aware that these workers were now somewhat isolated, not um, being able to work in the normal way. And we realised that the workers were being affected just as much as the the people that use the services and the people in the community. So we decided we would, um, with discussion with them, we decided we could offer them a course called Helping the Helpers, which is 10 sessions. And we're on session 10 this Wednesday, the last session, and then we're going to do a training for trainers version of it. And what we were basically doing was um, using um, the same kind of training materials that we would use in the prison and elsewhere and use it with these workers in the north of Glasgow. And it's amazing. They've absolutely loved it. The attendance has been phenomenal. We do two hours on a Wednesday morning. The attendance is phenomenal. And, and people have reported, workers have reported that it's changed their practice and how they do things. Right. So it's it's been a great experience. Fantastic. I've been following that on Twitter. John, you know, as each as each um, module basically has come out, um, or lesson or whatever you call it, and um, it it just looks really interesting. I did a wee bit of reading on it, and one of the things that kind of stuck out to me because you know I've been a family in trauma, and so therefore I've needed support at different points. Um, but one of the things that helped me was obviously other people who've been through similar circumstances, and quite often that can be very intuitive. Um, you know, just because you've been through it, you get a wee bit more understanding of other people. Now, part of what I read was that a lot of what you're training here is about soft skills and that they're, but they're very hard skills to master if it doesn't come naturally from you or it's not intuitively part of you. So how do you go about teaching that to people if it's not actually part of them in the first place? Well, I think the soft skills are hard skills. Um, so myself and uh, Kirsty, my colleague, we're both co-facilitating the course. And I was teaching counselling skills for 20 years at Glasgow Caledonian University. And by coincidence, Kirsty was one of my students many years ago. So it's me, her and I. She's now a fully-fledged psychotherapist. Oh, amazing. So her and I are now delivering the course together. And the soft skills we're talking about are very straightforward. Number one, being able to empathise with people. Um, pick up on their feelings and reflect those feelings back. That's a, a real skill. And you can teach that skill of empathy by teaching the skill of helping people to notice is somebody looking anxious, is somebody looking flat and down, is somebody looking agitated? And to be able to tune into that and reflect it back 
turns out, we know for years now, to be extremely helpful to other people. Now, we don't know why it's extremely helpful, but it just is extremely helpful if somebody says, hey, John, you're looking a bit sad today. What's going on for you? This turns out to be very, very helpful, even if you don't provide any solutions or fix the sadness. Just having somebody spot it is extremely helpful. Mm -hmm. One of the other skills that's a soft skill is just listening and using silence and not offering solutions and not interrupting and not going off on some tangent about your own life story in response. So this skill of of just attending is a real skill and you can teach that too. And it takes practice and people have learned people. One of the, one of the women in the course for the violence reduction unit told us that she tried out what we had suggested. And so somebody started to talk to her about a recent bereavement. And instead of what she said was, instead of just responding with all sorts of statements and all sorts of words, I just did what you said. And and I said to her, can you tell me a bit more about that, please? Which is an unbelievably simple intervention. Mm -hmm. And so, it released the woman into floods of tears to tell a lot more about it. And the conversation went on where the, the, the woman who had been through the bereavement just spoke without interruption. And at the end of it, said to the woman, said to the woman that was on our course, said, do you know, that was fantastically helpful. I feel that there's a gigantic weight off my shoulders. So everybody benefited out of that. And she came, uh, the student came back next week Mm-hmm. and told us the story, and we were all really, really happy to hear that such a simple thing. Now, if nobody's ever trained you to do that or given you or given you any idea of some words to say, like, tell me a bit more about that, or if I've got that right, I think what you're telling me is, or I, I don't know if I'm right here, but you look quite sad when you talk about this. Mm-hmm. If nobody's ever given you that repertoire of skills, how the heck are you meant to know that intuitively? Do you know what I mean? So the skills are not hugely difficult to learn, Mm -hmm. but somebody has to actually teach you them and give you a chance to put them into practice. And we do that on the course as well. We have breakout rooms and people go into pairs for 10 minutes each and one will go silent and just listen and the other one will talk. You know what I mean? And they'll they'll practice it. And then they'll practice it in the community with the real people that they actually support. So, yeah, that's that's the gist of it. Yeah, it's actually very similar to what I've been doing uh, with the emotional CPR. Um, And that's what the training is. It's really about just listening and allowing a space, a safe space for somebody to be able to open up, not providing solutions for people. Yeah. Yeah, but allowing them to talk and the power of it, I know the training that we've done, the power of it is unbelievable. So yes. I'm glad to hear that you feel that, you know, because you're training people in that, that it is a, you can train it. You can actually oh, yes. teach people oh, yeah. uh, this. And as you say, if you've never, if you've never been taught it before, how are you going to know it? Yeah. So. And it doesn't take forever to train people. So we've only had this group for 10 sessions at two hours a session over 10 weeks. That's 20 hours input with asking them to put some of it into practice between sessions. So it's not, do you know what I mean? It's not a five-year training course. Yeah. Um, people yeah. can make a difference quickly. I found the same thing. Okay, thanks, John. 
So there you go. Amazing to know that you can make such a difference in a much shorter period of time, given the right tools and the training. But what about this next question then? And it's quite common. Do we need to keep repeating trauma and retelling our story? Let's find out in the next podcast.